Welcome, everyone. Um, thank you so much, Mr. Goldman, for uh, hosting me on the opening day. Boy, has uh, life changed over the last uh, year and change. Uh, everything is so different. The most notable difference, of course, is that for many years I was sequestered into that side of the Beis HaMedrash, and now, Baruch Hashem, I got a promotion. I'm able to stand up here. So that's one of the major changes over the last year and a little bit. And uh, another important change, I want to welcome my mother, Yumi Marasi, who's uh, here today. Thank you for coming. <laughs> Who is she? That's, that's one of the great mysteries of today's share. We could spend the rest of the 45 minutes trying to figure out <laughs> who my mother is. Also, I want to welcome uh, my mother-in-law, and that's, that's pressure. Can you imagine? I have to come into Flatbush to speak in front of my mother and my mother-in-law. That's, that's, that's good for a day. The mic has to be closer to me. We'll try. Does the Shalom still love us? That's the question on everyone's mind. It's been a rough patch. Global pandemic, financial crisis, anti-Semitism, Mehron, Stalin, left-wing government, liberal government. It almost seems like uh, society is imploding. What does Yuban Shalom feel about us? What is our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu? That is the most important question we need to ask every day as we stand to an estuary, as we do mitzvahs. What is our relationship with the Bari Yalam? Moshe Rabbeinu was given a mission. He comes to Klal Yisrael and he says, Klal Yisrael, guess what? We know, I know you've been in Mitzrayim for 210 years, but the Almighty has come to me and he says it's time to go. We're going to leave Mitzrayim. So Moshe says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you know, I, I, I have a problem. I have a concern. What happens if the Jewish people say to me, what is God's name? What am I supposed to answer? What do you mean, what is Moshe supposed to answer when, when Klai so asks, what is the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Moshe should say, the name of Hashem. But even more interestingly, what do you mean, what should he add, answer Klai Yisrael? Why would Klai Yisrael ask, What's the name of the Rebbeinu Of course they know the name of the Rebbeinu The Jewish people don't know the name of Hashem. When Moshe Rabbeinu killed the Mitzri, he killed the Mitzri with the Shem HaMafayrash. Klal Yisrael daven three times a day. What would the question of Klal Yisrael be? Ma'oymar aleyam. And then the Rebbeinu says, just tell the, the Bnei Yisrael, my name is Ekiah. Tell them, my name is, I will be. What's that supposed to mean? So Zub Shuman Schwab in his Hakdama to the Haggadah Shal Pesach, Klal Yisrael had a very profound question. Moshe Rabbeinu, throughout Klal Yisrael's stay in Mitzrayim, kept on telling them, you know, there's a God in the world, the God of Abraham, the God of Yitzchak, the God of Yaakov, he loved them, he considered them his children, Hashem promised them Eretz Yisrael. That was the name of the Rebbe Hashem that Klai Yisrael was familiar with. The only thing is, for the last 210 years, the Jewish people were praying to that God. And he wasn't 
didn't seem like he was answering them. It didn't seem like he was interested in them. It didn't seem like he was even paying attention to their requests. And the Jewish people were being brutalized in Mitzrayim. So Moshe had the following concern. That the Jewish people would say, I know of the God of Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. But who was God for the last 210 years? Where did he go? And which God will be redeeming us now? That was the question Moshe Rabbeinu was afraid that Ben Esau would ask. If the Jewish people say to me, what's his name? What am I going to tell them? Should I tell them it's the God of Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov? Should I tell them it's the Rebunisham who's been ignoring them for 210 years? And the answer is, Aya Asher It's the same Rebunisham. That the Rebunisham's love for the Avais did not diminish the Kaisal. Hashem was not ignoring them. Hashem's love did not wane, did not in any way become smaller. Ani Hashem Loishamisi, it was the exact same Rebunisham, but there are phases where it seems like Hashem's love is not as evident. But when Moshe Rabbeinu was charged to tell Kla Yisrael as Ekya Asher Ekya, it is the exact same Rebunisham. And that's what we're here today to learn a little bit about. <clears throat> I want to talk about a specific Tana. One of my favorite Tana. This Tana is such an important Tana that Reb Chaim Falaji says we are obligated to think about this Tana every single day of our lives. We're obligated to think about him every hour of the day. We cannot let a moment go by by losing, losing focus about this Tana. The name of this Tana is Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir? I never heard of him. I mean, I heard of him. I get mailings. Is that from him? I get tzedakah, envelopes. Who exactly is Rabbi Meir? Rabbi Meir was one of the Tanoim. There are many Tanoim. There's Rabbi Akiva, there's Rabbi Tarkin, there's Rabbi Gamaliel, there's Rabbi Yeshua, there's Rabbi Lezbeth Nazariah. There are dozens and dozens of Tanoim. No, there's one Tana we need to think about every single day of our life. Rabbi Meir. Let me tell you an interesting tidbit about Rabbi Meir. Anybody know where Rabbi Meir is buried? Tavaria. We're going to talk about the city of Tavaria today. Rameir was buried in a position that no one else in history was ever buried in. The Ben Hayada quotes of Chaim Vital that Rameir was buried standing up. It's not that comfortable. I guess after a few hundred years to get used to it, Rameir was buried oimid. He's buried standing up. Why was the great Tana Rameir Balanes buried standing up? Why is he buried in the city of Tiberia? Who else is buried in the city of Tveria? Rabbi Kiva. Let me share with you a very important piece of information. We're all waiting. Alright, you're on your game today. In which city will Mashiach reveal himself? Yushalayim, Tzvas, Chevroin, Cedarhurst, Borough Park, Williamsburg, Muncie. I didn't give that a possibility. <laughs> Those are the possibilities. The Gemara tells us that when, uh, in the times of the Chorban Beis HaMikdash, the Goyim came and they began chasing out the Sanhedrin. And the Sanhedrin made, made ten exiles. If you look on your sheet, in number one, 
The Gemara says that Sanhedrin went from the Lishkas Hagazis, that's the chamber of Yun Stone in the Beis Hamikdash, Lechanus, they went to a store, and then they went to Yushalayim, and then to Yavne, and then to Usha, and then back to Yavne, and then back to Usha, and then Sharafram, and Beisha'arim, and Sipairi, and then Tiberia. Says the Gemara, Tiberia is the lowest point the Sanhedrin were ever at. Physically, it's low down in the ground. And spiritually, the lowest spot that the Sanhedrin ever resided at was Tiberia. Not only that, Kenegdon, when the Sanhedrin went to the various locations, the Shechina accompanied the Sanhedrin. Okay? So if you want to know, last stop of the Sanhedrin, Tiberia. Last stop of God's presence with the Jewish people, Tiberia. And then the Gemara makes a very important statement that I don't think many people know about. Umisham asidin ligoel. The Jewish people will be redeemed from Tamaria. Mashiach will reveal himself not in Yishalayim, not in Svas, not in Chevroim. The Mashiach will reveal himself in Tamaria. That is why the students of the Baal Shem, when they came to Eretz Yisrael, 19th century, where did they go? They went to the city of Tiberia. Students of the Gra, they went to Tiberia. That is where Mashiach will reveal himself. Is this unanimously held? Yes, by anybody who knows anything. Everybody knows. This is the opinion of the Gemara. The question is, the Zoyar seems to contradict the Gemara. Because the Zoyar says that Mashiach will reveal himself in the Galilee. So it's a stira. Will Mashiach reveal himself in Tiberia? Or will Mashiach reveal himself in the Galilee? Says the Chidah, it's not a stira. The Galilee is a general region, but if you want to know the specific city, Mashiach will reveal himself in Tiberia. Why Tiberia? Beautiful city. There are many nice cities in Eretz Yisrael. There are four holy cities. There's Hebron, Sfas, Yushalayim, Tiberia. Why of all the cities in Eretz Yisrael will Mashiach reveal himself in Tiberia? Why is Rameir buried standing? What's Rameir doing in Tiberia? Here's another interesting question. The Yushalmi says that Rameir was on a trip to Asya, probably somewhere in Asia, and he died in Asya. And as he was dying, he sent word to the Bnei Eretz Yisrael. He said, Mashiach didchoin anah. I am Mashiach. Now, Rameir was a great rabbi. Rameir was a Tana. But there's one thing Rameir was not. Rameir cannot have been Mashiach. You know why Rameir could not have been Mashiach? Because Rameir came from Gerim. He came from Esav. Esav was the progenitor of Rabbi Meir. In fact, the Gemara says, and hold on to this, hopefully we'll be able to come back to this. Do you remember the Gemara right before the discussion about the Chorban Beis Hamikdash? The Gemara tells us that they sent a general, a Roman general, by the name of Neron Kezar. And Neon Kezar comes to Yushalayim, and he shoots an arrow to the right, and it lands by Yushalayim, and to the left, it lands by Yushalayim, to the east, to the north. It's all going toward Yerushalayim. So he figured he'll be successful in destroying Yerushalayim. So he turns to a kid, and he tells the kid, they used to believe, back in the day, that you'd go to a child, and you'd ask the child to say a pasuk, and whatever pasuk the child would say, that would be some kind of uh, premonition of uh, future events. So the child basically said, Nero Kezar, you will destroy the temple, and then God will obliterate you. And Nero Kezar said, God wants me to do his dirty work and then he's going to destroy me. So the Gemara says as follows. Arach, he fled. Va'azal, he left. 
Va'agayir, and he converted. V'nafak minei, and who came out from? Niron Kezar. Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir was a descendant of the Roman general who was dispatched to destroy the Beis HaMikdash. So he has very good yichos, Baruch Hashem. Right? If anyone today on a shilich resume would put on that the Zayda was the Roman general who set out to destroy the Beis HaMikdash, not Pasha. You could go to Rome today and you could see bald busts of Nero Caesar, who was dispatched to destroy the Beis HaMikdash. His anical was Reb Meir. So Reb Meir could not have been Mashiach. Not only didn't he come from Malchus Beis David, he didn't come from Jewish people. So what did Reb Meir mean? That he is Mashiach. Let's take it to this week's parsha. The end of the parsha Shlach talks about the mitzvah of Sitzis. All right, pretty good. Pretty good percent. We're going to, for the next time, they're going to be, uh, okay. Mitzvah Sitzis. There was a man by the name of Menashe. You ever hear Menashe? Menashe was the grandson of Chizkiah HaMelech. Menashe was the son of Chizkiah HaMelech. Menashe was the grandson of Yeshayah HaNavi. Menashe one day knocked on his grandfather's door and he said, Zayda, I'm going to kill you. So what did I do? Three things you said contradicted Torah Moshe Rabbeinu. First of all, you said you saw God and Moshe Rabbeinu said you can't see God and live. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill you now. Okay? And Menashe was about to kill his grandfather. And um, <clears throat> Yeshai said, wait a second, I just got a call. And he slams the door in his face, he runs out the back door and he runs away. Now, it's always good to know names of Hashem. Because in case you need to turn into a tree, it's always very handy to say a name of Hashem and turn into a tree. You're looking at me like, what am I talking about? That's what the Gemara says. The Gemara says, Yeshaya Hanavi said the name of God, he turned into a tree, and Menashe is looking for him. He's looking to kill his grandfather. But when you're in a forest and there are 10 million trees and you can't tell one from the other, it is very difficult to locate the grandfather. So the, the Gemara says, he chopped at different trees he struck his Zayda in the mouth and he killed Manasha. That's the Gemara. That's the story. Yeshaya. Thank you. Okay, they're good. That the, he killed Yeshaya. How did he find Yeshaya? The Gemara doesn't say. The Gemara doesn't give any clues. However, says the uh, ben, uh, ben Ishai, if you look in the Yushalmi, if you look at number eight, the Yushalmi fills in the missing details. It says the Yushalmi, the way that Menashe found Yeshaya is that even though Yeshaya was able to say a name and hide and masquerade as a tree, but his tzitzis were sticking out. Now, if just an important piece of information. If you plan on turning into a tree, make sure your tzitzis are not sticking out. Because in all likelihood, if you're in a forest looking for somebody who turns into a tree and you see one tree wearing tzitzis, that's probably the guy. And Menashe tried his luck and he struck down the tree and he killed Yeshaya Hanavi. This is a story based on the Babli in conjunction with the Yishami. Ask the Ben Ishchai. If you know a name of Hashem and you know this Kayach HaKadusha, then you probably know how to protect yourself from being spotted by your tzitzis also. Why was it that the tzitzis of Yeshaya became Yeshaya's Achilles heel. Why did Yeshaya, why was he killed because his tzitzis were spotted? That's the question. 
And basically, the Ben Ishai teaches us the following principle. And this is what I would like to uh, focus on today. This is something we've spoken about in the past, but we can never lose focus of this important concept for our entire lives. What is our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch What is Hashem to us? So interestingly, it is a major machloikas in the Gemara and Kedushin. Machloikas, Rabbi Yehuda, and Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda says, it depends. Depends how we act. If we keep the Torah, and we do the mitzvahs, and we live the way we're supposed to live, then Hashem loves us, and then we're His beloved children, and He is our dear Father. And the Yavon is our Father. But says Rabbi Yehuda, but, if you don't do what you need to do, if a Jew doesn't live the way they're supposed to, then the Rebbe Shalom conveniently says, you guys, you're not my children. You're my slaves. You're my servants. And I am not your father. I am your master. And I will deal with you accordingly. So wouldn't that be convenient? Imagine you took a kid to the store and the kid wasn't behaving. And somebody says, who's that kid? So it would be very convenient to say, I don't know, I found him. I had Rachmanus on him, but uh, we're, not, we're not related. That would be very convenient, right? I was usually a good kid most of the time, right? But if I wasn't, it would have been convenient for my parents to be able to say, you know, who is this guy? We're not sure, we met him yesterday. That is what the Rebbe says to us. That in 2020, if a Jew does not live the way we're supposed to, God says, it's been nice knowing you. I am your master and you are my Evan. Rameir says, no. Rameir says, that's incorrect. Rameir utters the following phrase. It doesn't matter what we do. It doesn't matter how we act. It doesn't matter what we believe. We are always considered the children of HaKadosh Baruch and uncharacteristically, the Gemara brings four psukim to support the viewpoint of Rameir. The Gemara quotes a pasuk, Banim Sechalim, foolish children. The Gemara quotes a pasuk, Banim Loi Eimun Bam, children who have no emuna. Banim Zera Mereim, Banim Mashchistim, corrupt children. And the Gemara then quotes a fourth pasuk, Benei Kelchai. Which basically means Tyra Zisel Kindelach. Okay. So the big question is, who do we pass in like? And I speak about this all the time. Do we pass in like Rabbi Huda or do we pass in like Rabbi Meir? So there's a cloud in the Gemara Nairvin. The Gemara Nairvin says on Dafyud Gimel that Rabbi Meir was the deepest and the most profound of all the Tanoim. But nobody knew what the man ever was talking about. There are a lot of people like that. But nobody understood what Rameir was talking about. The Gemara says, There's nobody like Rameir, but nobody plumbed the depths of the wisdom of Rameir. And therefore, says the Gemara principle, we never ever paskin like Rameir. Rameir was so smart, he could take a rat and he could give you 45 heterim while you could eat the rat, and when you're about to eat it, he would tell you 49 reasons why you can't eat it. Rameir, in any subject, he could give memtes panim letaher, memtes panim letame. Rameir was more brilliant than anybody 
any Tana. So you would expect, how do we Paskin? Probably Paskin like Rabbi Huda, that if we don't do the will of God, we're not Hashem's children. And then what would our relationship today be with Rabbi Shalom? It would be extremely strained. Because, don't kid yourself, today, are we Oisin Ritzayin Hashem or are we in Oisin Ritzayin Hashem it's hard to say without a Beis HaMikdash and without Nevuah and without Malchus Beis David and without an Aroin and without Shechina without Ruch HaKodesh and without an Eishman HaShamayim and without all of the hundred miraculous phenomenon that we experience daily when the Beis HaMikdash stood that we can say in full honesty we are Oisin Ritzonai Shoma. However, comes the Rajvah in Tzimkot Tzadidah it's in Rishon HaMbeis that this is the only exception in Shas that we paskin like Rameir, that no matter what a Jew does, no matter what how we act, we are always the beloved children of Atadash Baruch. And the question is, why is this the exception? So there are a few reasons why this is the exception. Number one, if you look in the Gemara Kedushin, the Gemara brings four psukim to support Rameir. And the Gemara says, why do I need four psukim to support Rameir? Says the Gemara, had it just been for the first Pasuk, I would have thought if the Jewish people act foolishly, we're his children. But not if we don't have Emuna. And the Gemara says, no, even a Jew without Emuna is still the beloved child of Hashem. And then the Gemara says, maybe only if we don't have Emuna, but not if we worship idols. The Gemara says, even a Jew who worships idols is the beloved child of Hashem. And then the Gemara says, well, what? Maybe we're called naughty child, bad boy. Says the Gemara, no. We're always considered B'nai Kel Chai. We are always Taira Zisa Kinderlach. That is the conclusion of the Gemara. That is how the Rajvah Paskins, we are always the children of Akadosh Baruch. Others say, the Mekubalim say as follows What's the reason why we don't Paskin like Rameer typically? Typically, we don't Paskin like Rameer. Rameer was too deep. Nobody understood his rationale. But whether we are the children of HaKadosh Baruch Hu or we're his Avadim, that's not our Gesheft. That's the Gesheft of the Rebun Shalom. That's something that's up to the Rebun Shalom to determine. God Almighty certainly understands fully the depth of the rationale of Rameir. So since the Rebun Shalom understands the sheet of Rameir, the Rebun Shalom can establish that we always paskin that no matter how we act, no matter what we do, we are always the children of HaKadosh Baruch. Now, which mitzvah demonstrates that we are the children of HaKadosh Baruch? So the tzitzes have how many strings? Eight. And how many knots? Five knots. Thirteen, yeah? And how many corners are there? Four. So you have thirteen, thirteen, 13, 13, Gematria, 52, Ben. The Mitzvah Tzitzis demonstrate we are Banim Lamakayim. In fact, the Rush writes on the Pasuk, we say in the Hinayam, Vahadarcha al the glory of the Rebun Hashem is on his children. The Mitzvah of Tzitzis is the glory of Hashem that demonstrates that we are the children of Hashem. Echad, 13 on the right side, Echad on the left side, in the back, in the front, Ben, Tzitzis is a demonstration, is a reflection that we are Banim Lamakayim. Says the Ben whether you're going in the front and you're doing what you need to do, like the Tzitzis in the front, 
or whether you're in the back seat and you're sort of lagging behind and you're not doing what you need to do. The four senses demonstrate whether you're in the front row, whether you're in your back row, whether you're acting properly, you're not acting properly. We are always banim lamakai. What was the infraction of Yishai Hanavi? Why did Yishai Hanavi deserve such a difficult and harsh sentence? Yishai Hanavi criticized Chal He says, Ki ish I am a man of impure lips. Okay, you want to speak Lashon Har about yourself? No problem. No problem. What do you mean? I learned my whole life. You know how to say Lashon Har about yourself? Yeah, really? You show me one source that it says you know how to speak Lashon It's not recommended. It doesn't make any sense. But there's no halacha that you're not allowed to. It's, uh, doesn't say anywhere in Sefer Chavetz Chaim you're not allowed to. It's, actually, the implication is you are allowed to. Now, I'm not saying you should do it. Actually, you know, highly discourage it. But there's no problem Yishai is saying about himself. He ish t'nei s'lasayim But then he added, am I live among a people of impure lips. So think about how he spoke about Klal Yisrael. He criticized us. The problem was, uh, we deserved to be criticized. We should have been criticized. We were a people of impure lips, but he shouldn't have said that. That was considered Lashon Hara about Klal Yisrael. You want to say it about yourself? No problem. But you can't say it about the Jewish people. Why can't he say it about the Jewish people? What principle was Yeshaya violating by criticizing Klal Yisrael and saying, we're Ishtmeisvasayim, he clearly did not appreciate that every single member of Klal Yisrael are Banam HaMakai. So, because of that, says the Ben Ishai, when his tzitzis were sticking out, the paraphernalia, the mitzvah, that demonstrates that we are Banam HaMakai, Hashem says, that's going to be your Achilles heel. That is why you're going to succumb to the punishment of Menashe, because you said the words, you didn't recognize that you will be punished through the tzitzis being revealed. Let's talk a little bit about the end of days. The Medr says, the Yvonne is going to come and he's going to make a big announcement to the Malachi Asharis. The time has come, the Jewish people have suffered enough. I'm going to bring everyone back to Eretz Yisrael and to Yushalayim. And the prosecutors and the Makachugim are going to stand up and they're going to say, which Jews? Those people? God say, yeah, those people. Those people in Flatbush, Bar Park, Five Towns, Muncie, those people. And the Malachim are going to say, why are they any better than any other people? Malachim are going to say, Halalu oivdei avoydezara, v'halalu oivdei avoydezara. They both survive us. They, bur- they both don't know how Kodesh Baruch is. They, don't, they both don't think about you. They're going to say, Halalu medala arayas, v'halalu medala arayas. Halalu roitzchim, v'halalu roitzchim. That's what the Medrash says. So God turns to Michal, and Hashem says, No, Michal, Zagibur, speak up for them! And Michal is silenced. He has not a word to say about the Jewish people. Whereupon the Rebbe Shalom says, mm, yeah, but the Jewish people give tzedakah, so I'm going to redeem them. That's the message. I don't understand. Michal doesn't know we give tzedakah? He knows everything else about us? He doesn't know we give tzedakah? 
And uh, the Gentiles also give tzedakah. Uh, just the other day, I was driving to Queens. I never go on the bad way. You go on the side streets. On the side street, every corner, there's a homeless guy with a tin can. And I'm afraid sometimes to open up my window. I see Goyim giving uh, tzedakah. So what, what does the Hashem mean? We give tzedakah, the Gentiles don't give tzedakah. Question, are you allowed to give tzedakah? No, oh, now I got your attention. Are you allowed to give tzedakah? What do you mean are you allowed? It's one of the biggest mitzvahs. The Gemara tells us, not so passionate. There are tanoim that hold today, you're not allowed to give tzedakah. Who holds that way? Rabbi Yehuda. Why? So Gemara says as follows. There's a man by the name of Tornus Rufus. You ever hear of Tornus Rufus? Another Roman general. And Tornus Rufus says to Rabbi Akiva, Hey Rabbi Akiva, does God love the poor? And Rabbi Akiva says, yeah, sure. The Almighty loves the poor. So, so Tornus Rufus says, so why does he give the money? So Rabbi Akiva says, so that we could get Gan Eden by giving tzedakah. Says Tornus Rufus, just the opposite. You're going to go to Gehenum for giving tzedakah. Tornus Rufus, Rabbi Akiva says, what are you talking about? Tornus Rufus says, let me give you a mashal. There was a slave who rebelled, who was corrupt, who the king imprisoned, and he made a decree nobody could feed the slave. And a guy sneaks in and feeds the slave. What will his punishment be? He's married by Machos. He's a rebel. The king won't kill him. So the Almighty decreed that Shimon should be poor, that Zebulun should be poor. So it means the king of the universe decreed this person shouldn't have money. What right do you have to give this person tzedakah? Rabbi Kiva said, bad mashal. Let me give you a different mashal. There was a king who had a naughty child and he put the kid in jail and he said, nobody feed the child. And somebody sneaks into the jail and feeds the child. What will the king do to the benefactor of this child? The king will handsomely reward the benefactor of the child of the king. Says Rabbi Akiva, we are the children of Akiva. Says Tornus Rufus, no you're not. Not this man And Rabbi Akiva apparently holds, like his student Rabbi Meir, that no matter how we act, we are always the children of Hashem. Doesn't matter what we do. So, according to Rabbi Huda, in 2021, you're not allowed to give tzedakah. You know that? The only reason you're allowed to give tzedakah is because we pass in like Rameir. That is why we give tzedakah le'iloi nishmas Rameir balames. You know why? Because only according to Rameir are you even allowed to give tzedakah. According to other Tanoim, you can't do it. Not only isn't it a good deed, it's a sin. So then it comes out that if you're not a member of the Jewish people, you're not allowed to give tzedakah. That's right. The Pasuk says, Chesed le'umim chatas. I hope you understand that. I'm not going to be translating. Chesed le'umim chatas. So in the end of days, when Rebansham turns to Michael, and he says, Michael, speak up for the Jewish people. The, all the prosecutors, they said that the Jewish people, they're sinners. Speak up for them. Michal is afraid to say that we give tzedakah because it's not clear that tzedakah is a merit. Only the Rebbe himself 
who understands the Shita of Rameir, could in fact say they did Tzedakah. Now, here's the thing. If the Yvonshel would come to Flatbush and reveal himself, reveal Mashiach over here, then uh, the nations of the world would have a good case. They would say, why bring Mashiach? To these people, they don't deserve it. So uh, the nations of the world would say, look, we're all the same. We're all equal. They're not any better than us. So the Yvonne Shalom is going to say, what do you mean? They're my kinderlach. And the Goyim are going to say, no, they're not. We know the Gemara and Erevin. The Halacha is always like Rabbi Yehuda. And if the Halacha is like Rabbi Yehuda, the Jewish people are not the children of Hashem. So Hashem is going to say, not so Pasha. Maybe the Halacha is like Rabbi Meir. So let me tell you a Halachic concept. Hala- you ever hear of the concept of Muxak? You know what means? Muxak means that if we're fighting over something, and it's in my domain, it's in my possession, status quo is, it's mine. Now let's say we have a monetary dispute. And you cite a paisik that you're right. And let's say most paisik can hold like you. But I'm holding on to the money, and I cite one minority view, that I'm right. I'm going to keep it. Because halacha is, if I'm mochsuk, if it's in my domain, it's in my possession, I get to keep it even based on a minority view. So the nations of the world are going to turn to the Rebani Shalom. And say, Rebani Shalom, you can't redeem the Jewish people. We're the prevailing power in the world. We're muhzik over them. They're ours. We owe them. The Rebani Shalom say, but, but they're my children. And the nations of the world are going to say, no, we hold like Rabbi Huda that they're not your children. And you don't have any relationship with them anymore. And therefore, there is no city in the world that the Yibam can bring Mashiach because the nations of the world are going to say, Halacha Krabi Huda! But there's only one city that we know for certain that the Halacha accords with the view of Rebbe Man. And that is, there's another Halacha principle. That is, if you dive in a shul or you're in a makai, and nobody paskins this way, but the Moro Da'asra of that makai has a certain psaq, that's what you have to follow in that place. That is a halachic principle. You follow the ruling of Mara the Asra, of the rabbi of that location. Who is the Mara the Asra of the city of Tavaria? It's none other than the great Tanra mayor who's buried in Tavaria. So in any other city, if the Shalom would bring Mashiach, it would be a very difficult and arduous court case, and who knows what the outcome would be. So the Yubanisha made sure that Reb Meir would be buried in the city of Tiberia. And the last stop of Sanhedrin is Tiberia. And the last stop of the Shekhinah is Tiberia. So that when the time for Mashiach comes, and the Yubanisha wants to redeem us, and the nations of the world say, who are these people? The Yubanisha will say, okay, let's call the rabbi of this locale. They're going to wake up Reb Meir. Reb Meir is going to pass in. And the Yubanisha is going to be able to redeem us in the city of Tiberia. Says the Sefer M.S. Liyakov of Rabbi Yaakov Shaltiel Ninyo, one of the early Mikobalim. <clears throat> when Rav Meir said he was Mashiach, he didn't mean he's personally Mashiach. He's not personally Mashiach. What Rav Meir meant was Mashiach cannot come without Rav Meir's viewpoint, without a shita, without his psak, that no matter what level a yid is on, he is always the beloved child of Hashem. That is why Rav Meir is buried in Tveria. And, by the way, who else is buried in Tveria? Rabbi Akiva. You know why Rabbi Akiva is buried in Tveria? 
for the case in the court case, they get up and they say, what do you mean the halacha is like Rav Meir? But we don't usually pass in like Rav Meir. They're going to wake up Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva agrees to Rav Meir that you can always give tzedakah. And it's going to be Yachid, Verabim, we're going to pass in like Rav Meir and Rabbi Akiva together. So everything has already been set up. Now when the time comes, Rebansha will be able to utilize the psaq of Rav Meir to bring the Mashiach. Now, how is Rav Meir buried? Rav Meir is buried standing up. You know why Rav Meir is buried standing up? Says of Chaim Falaji, because the shita, the opinion, and the world view of Rav Meir is that which stands up for Kal Yisrael until the end of time. What is oimid for us today? What is our zechus today? Our mitzvahs, our masim toivim, our emuna. Hard to say that. The merit that is oimid for us today is that we are the kinder lachalakadosh baruch hu. No matter what happens in the world. Could be a global pandemic. Things could look bleak. Things could look dark. But just like in the shrine, Rivansham is just waiting to reveal his Ahavarava and his Avas Oilam for us because that is the Psak Halacha. The Psak is Beinkach u Beinkach Nekra and Banim. We just read a Pasuk in Parshas Bahalaisa. The Pasuk speaks about the selection of the Levium. And the Pasuk says, the Etna is Halavim, Nesunim, Nesunim Hema. And it says the following words five times. B'nei Yisrael. B'nei Yisrael. B'nei Yisrael. B'nei Yisrael. B'nei Yisrael. B'nei Yisrael. In one Pasuk it says the phrase, B'nei Yisrael, five times. Five times. Very nice. Why? What does Rashi say? It's to indicate that HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves every member of Kal Yisrael. Like the Chamisha Chum Beautiful. Do you know what else we say Yisrael five times? Every time we stand Shemana Esrei, right before we get up to Shemana Esrei, we say, Sur Yisrael. Kuma Biezras, Ufidei Chirumecha Yehuda, Goyaleinu Hashem Tosh Maikadosh, Baruch Atah Hashem, Goyale Five times, isn't that interesting? We also invoke the name Yisrael five times. That is to indicate that before you start Shmona Esrei, Da Lufnei Know before whom you're standing. You're standing before Avinu Shemashamayim. Somebody who loves us like the Chamisha Chum Shepayim. The same way it says five times Yisrael Pashat Sahalaisvah. And by the way, my friend Rav Yoni Paznik pointed out, in Mariv also, from the Emuna Kozois until you get up to Shvan Esrei Mariv, also five times Yisrael, to indicate that Yvon Shalom loves us, to Chamishachim Shetayah. What is the strongest Ahava that exists in this world? Some people say a parent to a child. Some people say a child to a parent. Husband to wife, wife to husband. Says the Chafetz Chaim, no. The greatest ahava in this world is the love a person has for themselves. That is the strongest ahava. That is the most ingrained feeling that everybody has. But says the Chafetz Chaim, even greater than the love that a person has for themselves is the love that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has for every single Jew. You know, let's talk about for one minute, the introduction of Tikal Yisrael in the Chumash. Who is the first Jew in the Chumash? Adam Avinu. 
how is Noyach introduced? Noyach, he has a whole bio. Noyach, Ma'atzachem, Bene Hashem Noyach. He's a charming guy. Noyach is a tzaddik. He's a tamim. Esau, like him, a salad. Noyach, Noyach, we know so many things about Noyach. And then we come to Rashi's Lech Lecha. Vayoy Ner Hashem El Avram. Ahu? Who's that? Who's Avram? Was he a tzaddik? Doesn't say. Was he Ma'atzachem? I don't know. Was he a tzaddikim et salamach? Not a word about Avram. Why? Noyach gets a whole bio, gets a whole intro. Noyach, you know, they read a whole thing before he gets up to speak. And Avraham, he just he has to get up there. No intro. Who is this guy? Why is God speaking to him? You know, there are ten people in his family. Why did God speak to Avram and not Haran and not Nochor? And that's, says the Maharal, this is the most in, important introduction in Kala The fact that the Torah does not introduce Abraham is the most important piece of information in the whole Torah. Because if the Torah would say Abraham was Matzachin, and Abraham was a Tzadik, and Abraham was a Goyin, and Abraham was a, was a Baal Chesed, you may have thought that God selected Abraham and the Jewish people because of... And then when those conditions are not present, the Yvonne doesn't love us anymore. You would think Hashem selected Abraham Tluya Bedavar. So therefore, Hashem says, Bayoimer Hashem El Avram. Who is he? Why? Why does Hashem love him? Is he a tzaddik? Is he Matzachin? Did he jump into Orkazim? It's irrelevant. You know why God selected him? Just because. Just because. It's Ahava She'ena Tluya Bedavar. Says the Maharal, the opening pasuk of Parshas Lechacha is Tikvas Yisrael Begalos. I once said to my son Naftali, I said, Naftali, you know why Daddy loves you? He said, Why? Because I just do. He said, Daddy, that doesn't make any sense. And he's right. It doesn't make any sense. It just is. The love of Hakadosh Baruch Hu for Klal Yisrael is a fact of reality. It's a fact of existence. Every time you say Shemana Esrei, realize Tzor Yisrael, Kuma B'Ezras Yisrael, Techrumecha Yudah B'Yisrael, Goyaleinu Hashem Tzvav Shemai Kedosh Yisrael, Baruch Atah Hashem Goal Yisrael. You're standing da lefnei miyat ha'oymeh. The last Mishnah Masech Tesoyta says, Be'ikvisod HaMashicha, in the end of days, it gives a whole laundry list of terrible disasters and catastrophes. It says chutzpah yasi, and there'll be inflation, and the government will crumble, and it lists 20 different disasters that will take place in the end of days. But the Mishnah ends off, v'yami lanu lihishayin. What could we rely on? Ein lanu lihishayin, ela, alavinu shabashamayim, says there, Moshe, focus on the exact wording of this phrase, alavinu shabashamayim. The one thing we can rely on, even when things seem bleak, is the fact of reality that the love the Rebbe Shalom had for Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov is no less than he has for me and for you. Even today, under all conditions. So, may we be zoichet to see the giloy of HaKadosh Baruch love for Klai Yisrael and the coming of the Geula, the Karev, the Amenu, Amen. Thank you.